How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Sports Appeal Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Teal. As always, to my right, my co-host, and my dad, Noel Teal. And I just have one question. What's that? Why is this damn game on at 9.30 at night Listen, on the Eastern Coast? I don't care where you live, and I'm sorry for you Californian people that have to work a little, but it starting at 9.20 Eastern Time is insane. Don't people know I got to go to work in the morning? And I, yeah, you have work, I have school. Like, work. This committed. game should start at 820 at worst. We're committed to this podcast. We are. But also, I have another question. If the NSA knows that we record Monday nights and post Tuesday mornings, shouldn't they move the game? Why would the game be on? Right. Why would the game be on a Monday night? Shouldn't they be moving the game to adjust accordingly to our schedule? Don't you have the NCA on, on speed dial? No, I don't. But I would, I thought they listened to the podcast. But. Apparently, they don't. So, and for everyone who listens, we are going to talk about everything except for the winner of this game, <laughs> which you will not hear until Thursday. Yeah. So, hey. But, but we have been blessed today with a ton of content. Yeah, we have. A lot of content. We'll be breaking down and recapping the Final Four. Also, kind of mini-previewing this game and just tell you we think it's going to win, and then we'll be right or wrong in the morning, so kind of like our NFL uh, uh, season where we do our right and our wrongs, but also we have to talk about Sam Darnold being traded to the Carolina Panthers, what that means for the draft. I got some thoughts. What that means for the for the Jets, what that means for Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers, like what is going on in the NFL now, craziness leading up to the draft in just a little under a month. And it changes the first eight picks a little bit too. It does. Yeah. Uh, also the women's bracket. There was a crazy final. Yep. Also, Jordan Spieth. He won a tournament. He won a tournament. A, Hallelujah. A golfer that was once the best, like, ever. And he finally won a, t- a tournament the first time in, like, four years. <laughs> and then we'll also talk about who we think will be the number one pick in the NBA draft after this tournament is wrapped up. I got my pick. On I got my pick. Got a lot of stuff to talk about and break down. Let's run it. Let's start today's episode breaking down sports news from this weekend and also just from today alone and yesterday alone. Let's start with Sam Darnold. Okay. Traded to the Carolina Panthers for a six-round pick this year and then a second-round pick next year and a fourth-round pick next year, I believe. So a six-round this year and a second and fourth-round next year. Right. So I originally thought we've talked about Darnold and the Jets situation and I think me and you had the same viewpoint on that. It has always been that they wanted Wilson. They never, I mean, they they would have traded down, I believe, with, you know, I think that that the 49ers, when they traded up to three, they there, it was a move for a quarterback. And I think if the Jets said Darnold's our guy, they, they would have made that trade and traded down because totally. they totally would have gotten the extra draft picks. They didn't want to take a quarterback. They would have reached for Pitts or Sewell or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they would have said, Darnold's our guy and we'll get draft picks and move down and whatever. But they didn't. But they didn't. So that pretty much confirmed we're taking a quarterback and that quarterback that we're taking is Zach Wilson. No doubt. That Then that came, kind of gave us the the like the head scratcher of why is Sam Darnold still on the team? 
I, at least that gave for me. I'm, I'm assuming you as, as the same. Well, because I, I, I think... we both said we both said on the show that it doesn't make any sense when you take a quarter. It's different when you take a quarterback thirty second overall late in the first round. You take a fourth round quarterback like like Dak Prescott was. Yep. And you sit him behind a, a veteran for a year or two. But when you take a quarterback second overall, third, second overall third. for the for the Jets, third, the Jets second overall. They had the second pick. What are you talking about? Am I losing my mind? I could have swore he was the third when you, pick. When you take a quarterback, second overall, which they're going to in Zach Wilson, that quarterback— Oh, this one. I'm talking about Darnold was the third no, pick. No, I'm talking about— Okay, well, we're not talking the same language. Why would I be talking about Sam Darnold? Because we, we were just talking about Sam Darnold. Zach Wilson, I'm saying. When okay. you take a quarterback, second overall, yep. he starts day one. Of he course. doesn't sit behind another quarterback. Agreed. So I'm, that's why it didn't make sense for Sam Darnold to be on the team. Now I'm happy that they traded him. If you want to go in on a—look, I'm, I'm one of those people that was like— Take Pitts, take Sewell, and build around Darnold because what have you given him? And he's a very talented quarterback, and we've all seen that from time to time. I don't understand why you're just throwing the first-round pick away for a six and a second next year, whatever it is. Right. But that's their decision. I'm happy that they they made a decision, and now they got rid of of, of Darnold but because they got draft compensation. Aren't you happy for Sam Darnold to go and like start all over? Like I, I mean, it's eerie the comparison between him and Ryan Tannehill, right? So they both had to deal with the worst coach in, in the world and Adam Gase, <laughs> yeah. you know? They both are getting away from Adam Gase and, and a million other little coaching issues. And now Tannehill but, resurrected his career. Yeah, but and now you put him in what was one of the best offenses last year. Well, between Matt Rule and Joe Brady as your as your offensive coordinator. And now he gets reunited with Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore. Right. Christian McCaffrey. Right, McCaffrey's in Big, there. Big fatty Matt da- Mike Davis. Right. This is this is this this is the exact scenario Wolf, where if he doesn't succeed, there's bigger issues because now you're surrounding him and he has no Agreed. real excuse. But did you see Carolina picked up his fifth year option already? Yeah. So I mean they believe that this guy right. has the talent. He's gonna go in and probably be a day one starter. Now there is rumors that Teddy Bridgewater is probably gonna be traded now because Sure. Again, they, uh, now if you're looking from the Panthers side Teddy Bridgewater wasn't bad last year. He was he was pretty good. So they're going to get something for him, whatever it is, a fourth or a fifth round pick. And he's going to go somewhere and probably be a starting quarterback. Mm, he's going to be a bad guy. Whether he goes to a he's Texans good. team or now, gets traded to a 49ers team. Like something to go in. I still think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a backup. But he, he has starting... Sure. I think he's going to be a great potential. backup on a team that's unsure of their quarterback. Or, or, or he goes to a, a Steelers or a a, sure. a a New Orleans to be you know the here to a, a quarterback that the is... here instead of the air? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is this the old English is that, that you, you speak? Is that not here? Air. Is it not here? Air. To be the air. Air to the throne. Yeah. So I got a different question for you. Okay, mm-hmm. if you're Carolina, now that you have Sam Darnold, you've exercised this option. You traded away a two, four, and six, which is basically a bag of donuts with some sprinkles, right? Eight at eight. If Fields, Lance, or Mac Jones falls to them, mm-hmm. do you take the quarterback also? Why? Or, I'm I'm asking. I mean, because I, Darnold has two years left on the contract. Mm-hmm. If there's one of the top three or four, no, because it makes no sense because. It makes no sense because essentially you just traded for a quarterback that was basically like a first round pick. So you, I, I don't understand this. This was the thing with like with the Cowboys, right? Where they were like, if they don't sign Dak this year, they're going to have to draft a quarterback. Like, okay. Like you said, Dak still has a year. That means worry about the quarterback 
next year. Uh, Darnold still has two years. How about worry about if Darnold sucks? Worry about that quarterback in two years. Yeah, but the problem is, is that when you have these is Fields, are we sitting here and saying Fields or Lance at, at pick eight is like, you cannot pass that up? Possibly, yes. I don't so see them as that. The problem is, is that if you get better, you don't have a number eight pick right. next they year. Also you don't, don't have the 10th pick next they year. They also don't have a tight end at all. Nope. They also have to improve their offensive line. By far. So if you're telling me Fields and Sewell and Pitts are there, I mean, let's, listen. Let's, I I just posed no I posed the there. question. I was just wondering. No, there's a lot that, of analysts who think that they still could go with quarterback. I'm with you. I would take Pitts in a heartbeat if he was sitting there. I mean, it, it, to me, you're just wasting a first round pick when there's the, the first round. There's so many talented guys, and we are we have both been saying that besides Trevor Lawrence, we are not sold on any of the quarterbacks to be this have this high ceiling and be the and, and be these great quarterbacks. Right. So. If you're at pick eight, you just traded for your future so-called quarterback. Listen, it makes no sense to draft. I him. just asked the question. I totally agree with you. So, I, so, I would be picking a top position player to help this team get back. I think it's a great move for both teams in the end because Carolina, they get a they get younger and supposedly better because he's a very you know we all think he's skillful. Now they they pair him up with with good weapons. So, and then the Jets, I, I'm very happy they made a decision. Go Definitely. get go get Zach Wilson. I am I am. Are you I, a fan? I am a fan of Zach Wilson. I think my my opinion on the Zach Wilson at number two is the Jets are fomoing on passing on the next Patrick Mahomes. Oh my I, god! That, I was just gonna say this, and I put thing. in air quotes because I'm not saying he's the next Patrick Mahomes. Oh but my god, that's but so that funny. is what the Jets are thinking. They're not gonna. They don't want to pull a Bears and and I, go up for Trubisky, which I believe the Trubisky of this draft is Mac Jones. So I, I think that, that or the Trubisky is... Might be Trey Lance. The Tris, right, the Trubisky might be, be Trey Lance, but Trey Lance, Mac Jones, like the guys that showed that they were all that in college and didn't think that they were going to be the next, th- right. that good in the NFL, which Trubisky was, you know, he was not supposed to go before Mahomes and, bef- uh, and before Deshaun Watson. Right. So I think that the Jets are FOMOing and they're saying, we will not let the next... "Quote unquote," Patrick Mahomes. Do, do you slip see, past us? Do you see a little Patrick Mahomes in Zach Wilson's game? I, I mean, he has the arm talent because you see the mobile. similar you see the similar plays and the yeah. out of pocket crazy arm strength. But I mean, we got. I was watching videos on this today, you know, on social media and whatever. We have to stop the giving these guys the, the when we compare them. We can say that they play like he plays like Patrick Mahomes. That's fine. We cannot say like his player comparison is Patrick Mahomes and that's his ceiling, whatever. Because these are Hall of Fame, oh, all time greats. I don't think anyone that saying... we have to we have to stop comparing them. Does nope. he play like? Yes, yeah, like that's Mahomes all they're yet? saying. They're will not it, saying he will is he Patrick be Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes? No, he will not be Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't. He, he doesn't have the, the size, and he's not. His arm is, is his arm strength is is very good. It's not Patrick Mahomes, and will never be Patrick Mahomes. Well, again, you're talking about a one in, one in a generation talent, <laughs> but he does have. Patrick Mahomes esque game to him, yes, and that's what they that's what the he Jets did, are saying. He, he the Jets ju- are saying we will not pull the Bears, and we are going to get the guy who we think yeah, can yeah. be this this shot in the dark that did, that we're going to overdraft probably, and and maybe it'll play out. Did Zach Wilson not destroy uh, UCF? He did. Yeah, he's a he's a good quarterback. At number two, I don't know. I, I think Fields is a safer pick. Oh, I don't agree. At quarterback, I don't agree. But I, that locks in the top two spots now. 
Yeah. You have Lawrence at one and, and Wilson at two. And now, three? and now it, it, it's it, – right did, now it's did, Mac Jones. Did Sam, you're telling me San Fran traded <laughs> the kitchen sink for Mac Jones. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. But that sense. is what the, the mock drafts are saying, and that's what the rumors are saying. I don't believe it. Which it doesn't make any sense because to who's, me, who's to drafting me, Mac Jones, that is... To me, the only them. thing that makes sense is if they did all of that to come up and, and take Justin Fields. They take Fields, then... Then I understand. Right, you understand. You got to get him Mac because Jones, he was going to go four they didn't have five. to get up to. They didn't have to give up that much and to get to three to get Mac Jones. Either they know something that we don't or... Or they're just the rumors are not true, but I don't get it. I I want to say Fields is three, okay. but right now it's looking like Mac Jones is three, and I don't right. really understand. We'll break it down happens. more later. All right, we still got a month. Yep, almost a month to go for the uh, the draft. So that's that was that. Yep, uh, a very uh, just like a not expecting. Like I'm just in the middle of playing golf and just you know Donald's traded to the Panthers. Like not expecting that at all. Can we talk about Saturday night? I, I want to recap the, the Final Four. Yeah. Because I have to tell you, I have been watching basketball my whole life. I mean, I have not missed a March Madness tournament. I, I could probably, on one hand, tell you the amount of games I've missed in, in the Final Fours in my lifetime. Yeah. This, first of all, the Houston game was horrific. I mean, they were so overmatched. They couldn't hit a did, shot. Did we not call that game? Yes, we called that or, game that Baylor was going to kill Or me call them. that game. Yeah, no, I said Baylor was going to kill him too. Look, it wasn't even kill. Like we we said, if this game gets into what it got, which was Baylor scoring around you know seventy eighty points, which they got to seventy eight. Right, Houston wouldn't have a Houston chance. wouldn't have a chance, and they wouldn't break sixty, and they what? got fifty nine. Like it was literally you drawn said, up. You said three times that Houston wouldn't score sixty points. No, they because look, Houston had that recipe of holding teams under like almost fifty points in right. their first couple of games. That's how they won, and they weren't blowing teams out. By scoring 80 and the other team scoring 50, they were scoring in the 60s and the other team was scoring in the 40s and 50s. So In the first half, they couldn't hit a basket to save their lives. Because that's not that's not their game. And then Baylor was just, they have too many offensive weapons to where if they start going on a run... It's out of control. They don't. There's no combat for the offense for Houston. So that game was over in at half, yep. over, and, and Baylor I was actually shocked simple. Houston even got it to within like 13 in the second yeah. half. So we were 1-0 on that one. And then the Gonzaga-UCLA game, which was one of the best games ever to be played the, in, in March Madness. It was the second greatest game I've ever watched in my lifetime. Okay. Well, it's the first no, greatest. Number one, because of personal reasons, being the UCF-Duke game hmm. two years ago. Greatest college basketball game I've ever watched because of personal interest we're and the all, fact that going up against arguably the greatest college basketball team in, the, sure. in this era— and Aubrey Dawkins had a chance. He had a chance. And missed the layup. But yep. this was the second greatest college basketball game I've, I've watched so ever. For me, it is definitely top not, three not counting, in my lifetime. Not not counting the, well, should we should we move everything back and put the Villanova uh, game winner in there? No. With, with the UNC? No. Really? No, that was a good game. The, you know, I'll tell you why I am 100% telling you this is one of the top three games of all time. Okay. First of all, you had a you had supposedly a very undermatched you know UCLA yeah. team who was overachieving against the one of a the best team, teams one team of the best was, teams that has ever been assembled in Gonzaga. A team that was the last pretty much the last team to make the tournament. Correct. Like, pretty much and the last team. At halftime, looked like they were going to lose to Michigan State in the playing game. Right. Right. This team has gone on a run. 
And what's amazing about it is this game was a clinic in shooting by both teams. Yeah. Like so first Gonzaga, right? Drew Timmy might have the best footwork of any big man I've seen in 20 years. Like he's so good down low. He's so old school with the way he he just he really sets his, his feet. He's got unbelievable offensive moves. He's great. Mm -hmm. Jalen uh, Suggs, you know, Crispert. But Jay Ayayi mm -hmm. was on fire. Mm -hmm. The guy went eight for eight in like three th uh, three pointers in the first <laughs> was, like like yeah, five minutes was, of the game. He had a career game. Career game. He was yeah. everywhere. You but, know? but here's the thing that surprised me the most was UCLA just staying like like Actually, here's what the, the two most things that surprised me. UCLA staying with it, scoring 90 points and allowing 90 points right. and that being that close of a game. Yep. And number two, Gonzaga playing their worst game of the tournament by far and they scored 93 points and won the game. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, but you, you see, couldn't they, they were they were turning the ball over in the first half. They were missing a lot of threes. Suggs was playing really good on defense in the first half. Couldn't really hit a shot in the first half. It wasn't yep. until the second half where he turned it up on offense. Yep. So they were playing very bad, and they let it half, and then they won the game. But then flip it to you. They were only up by one at half. Yeah. Flip it to UCLA, okay? Tiger Campbell had the game of his life, the yeah. point guard, right? Uh, Johnny Juzang is incredible. <laughs> the, the, he is incredible. This guy went from, I didn't know who he was in the playing game, had a great playing game, and every other game after that had 20-plus points. And you have to think that his drafts, his draft stock went from not being drafted and coming back another year to, to now three. he probably has to seriously consider entering the draft and maybe being a lottery pick. Like lottery, I think he'll be picked in the top three. <laughs> I'm not joking. I, I would honestly, and we're gonna get into this. I would pick him over Cade Cunningham. I think he's a better <laughs> overall player. Like the guy doesn't miss. He, he is he so clutch. Miss. He is so good. Yeah. And this game back and forth. I remember the one time that it almost looked like it was gonna get away. Uh, Gonzaga went up by seven in the second half, and you looked at me, you're like, it's over! <laughs> it's over! Two minutes later, UCLA tied the game. Yeah. Like, this game was epic. Back and forth, lead changes. UCLA hung in there, like, unbelievable. The, the craziest stat I saw after the game was there was a metric where it was, like, based on the amount of shots taken, mm -hmm. it, it determined, like, the, the prop, you know, when it's put in a, in a formula or whatever, the, the who should have won the game and by how many points. Based on the shots that were taken... Gonzaga should have won by 22. And Isn't that did. the craziest thing ever? But and even, they won by three on a buzzer beater. But even the uh, the center for UCLA, yeah. uh, Riley, yeah. right, who doesn't have a jump shot right. at all. And just was hitting his Hitting mid-range shots from everywhere. Crazy. Everywhere. Juzang, uh, Jaime, whatever his name is, unbelievable. Like Jaquez. Jaquez. Unbelievable, like, just team effort. And I felt terrible because they, they scored, you know, yeah. Juzang put it in to go to overtime. They go to overtime. <laughs> they're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And literally three seconds left and Jalen Suggs hits, hits the shot of his life. I mean, two feet in from the mid uh, line and yeah. banks it in. It's just, I, I, I screamed so hard because <laughs> I didn't even know what to say, do, feel. Yeah. I felt everything during that game. Great. I mean, it was just. It was just very entertaining basketball. Entertaining, but that you know, and I don't think there has been one game in the entire tournament that brought me to this level of excitement. Look, I I had, I, I said Gonzaga would beat him by twenty plus. I said Gonzaga I said thirty. Gonzaga would easily cover their fourteen and a half spread. And you lost. I, money. I said Gonzaga will easily win this game by ten at half. 
and none of it came true. None of it came true, and I wasn't I wasn't even sad or, or mad for a minute because that game, just the fact that it was such a good game. I mean, just yeah. I didn't really care about what the outcome was. I just wanted something crazy to happen, and we got our first buzzer beater of the entire tournament, and it came on that shot. Well, so unfortunately, you were not alive in 1992. Was not. Right? When Duke played Kentucky, two of the best teams in college basketball, the game was unbelievable. And with like one point something seconds left, Mm -hmm. they heaved a pass, a Grant Hill threw a pass all the way down to Christian Leitner, who caught it, turned, and popped it, and and they won the game. I mean, there has not been an ending to a game that dramatic, in my opinion, since this past Saturday. Hmm. It was that good. And... I actually felt bad for UCLA. Like, I wanted them to, like, say that that was the finals. But we are still blessed with one more game. We are. And game how you be, see it? The game will be over by uh, the time listening. And I might sound really stupid right now, but I ride and die with the Zags. You're I riding do. and dying with the 30-something and no Zags. They're going to – look, that was their – like I said, they played their worst game of the tournament – Yep. M- might even be their worst game of the year. See, I don't think they played that bad. No, that's the thing. They they didn't play that bad because they don't play bad ever. <laughs> and they played their worst game of the year, scored 93 points, and won. Yeah. That that just isn't... When you play a bad game in the tournament, that means you score... And your team average is 80, 90 points. That means you score in the 60s, you shoot 30%, you turn the ball over a lot, and you lose to, a, to an up... And you get upset. And it just didn't happen. So that that shows me that they can't play. They're not going to play any worse than they did in that game. They're going to be on their on their point. And this Baylor team is no letdown. This will not be a blowout. This is going to be a close no. game. Comes down to the final couple minutes. Maybe another overtime game with a, a buzzer beater at, at some point. But this is going to be a close game where Baylor has everything except one thing to match up. They have the guards to match Suggs. Yep. They can match... Uh, Kispert's three-point shooting. Yep. They don't have a guy to match Timmy. And that's the X factor in this one. Timmy gets over his 21, 25 points, gets his buckets inside. I see this game getting away late in the in, in the second half and, and Gonzaga pulling away. They somehow shut down Timmy, which I just don't see how they have an answer for because they're a little undersized when it comes to inside. Then I think this game gets away and, and Gonzaga pulls away, wins by so, by five, six points. Okay. So here's the thing. I mean, I can't remember it's been a while, but I truly believe there are six first round picks coming out of this game. Oh, for sure. Right? If Definitely. not more. Definitely. Right? So you've got I mean, this combination of Jared Butler, Macy O'Teague, and Davion Mitchell mm-hmm. is gonna be a, a handful. Yeah. For Gonzaga, and then you and, have, and then you have uh, Flo Thamba, who's their inside presence. Well, that he'll so, be the him and, and, and Tamu Tachua Tachua. He'll that'll be the mat. Those two will be matched up on on Timmy inside, and yeah. you know if they're able to stop them, that's how they'll be able to compete in this game. But, but there's two X factors in this game. Mm-hmm. Okay, for Gonzaga, it's Ayai. Because, man, that guy has sweet stroke. Yeah. And if he can mirror what he did in, in the semifinals, man, Gonzaga is unstoppable. And on Baylor's side, it's Matthew Mayer. Meyer. Yeah. He is he, – he, the guy looks like he like works at a liquor store. He does. You know, or like giving out cigarettes to minors. And he ends up like – unbelievable game. Like can take the ball in the basket, can dribble, can beat you on the on – the, uh, off the dribble, can shoot, can pull up and shoot the three. Uh, the X factor for sure for Baylor. Yeah. So, 
so you're you're going with the role players. I think it's I, I really think it's in it, the inside game because I think Suggs is going to play great be off, coming off his game. I think Kispert rebounds, hits his threes. But then on the other side, Davion Mitchell hasn't had a bad game like all nope. season since since I've been watching him. He's a great player. Him, T got a bad uh, uh, didn't really do much offensively last game. He'll he'll bounce back. Like these the stars are going to show out. It's going to be inside to Drew Timmy. They they I'll make this. They hold him to under 20 points. Baylor, Baylor's going to make this close and they could possibly win this. Timmy hits over 20. I guarantee Gonzaga pulls out this win. Yeah, I, look, I think I'd be a fool to not pick Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. You know, I really hope they win because I, I'd like to see Mark Few get his first victory. Yeah, I mean, I, he I, I want to see the undefeated. Do you know that this guy has literally averaged in his career over 20-something years 30 wins a year? And doesn't and, and never and and Suggs is the first top ten recruit he's ever had, yeah. like that's unbelievable. I mean that's that's just that that's called coaching. Like when you yes. have these guys like like Calipari and and uh, Coach K, like yeah, they're fantastic coaches, but they get the top recruits every single year. Right. Not saying that they're not great coaches, but they get some help. When you're talking about a program like Gonzaga, has been a really good basketball program, but t- you know. Guys, the, the top recruits aren't picking Gonzaga over Kentucky and Duke and, and Kansas. Like, those guys, those are the the cream of the crop programs. So totally, totally. To be able to do that is very impressive, no matter the conference he plays in. I mean, to still average 30 wins across 22 seasons, like, that's very impressive. He's going to get his win, and uh, I hope I'm, I'm right while I'm talking about this. Yeah, I, I think you will be. I, I think that they just have too much talent. I think like from the get-go, they've been the best team. Now, look, it's the first time in I can't remember how long that the preseason number one and number two are in the finals. Mm. It should be an awesome game. I definitely don't think it will be a blowout either way. I don't think it'll be a double-digit win either way. I'm giving it, you know, Gonzaga wins by three. By three. I'll take Gonzaga by six. 89-83. Okay. That's my score prediction. Okay. We'll see. Uh, also, how about the women's? Yeah, the the the, the, the Stanford Cardinals. They beat who? They Arizona. Beat? Arizona missed a lot of layups. Missed a lot of in shots the, in the last couple minutes. That's all I saw. I That's didn't watch saw? the game. Well, the the girl who played the girl. The I keep saying girl. The it's a girl. The, the girl. The the team. The player on Arizona, uh, McDonald. Mm-hmm. She is a great player. Like yeah. in the last couple of games, I was just watching highlights and stuff. I I will honestly say I did not watch the whole Stanford. Arizona game. I don't watch but I watched the whole game recap, and you know I watched it against Kentucky, uh, Connecticut, and then you know, on this one, and she has a great shot. I mean, she scored twenty two points last night. I mean, she. I thought UConn would uh, was gonna win it all, and then they lost, so I didn't really care anymore. Oh, uh, because you're a UConn lover. Yeah. Listen, I, hats off to Stanford, man. That was a pretty nice win, and Arizona had their chances down the stretch. They did. Stanford's just too big. No, you have to work on your layup lines. <laughs> that's what I have. That's what you gotta do. If you, they can't dunk, so why aren't they mastering the layups? Listen, Stanford was mastering the layups, man. Those bigs that they have, they have like three really tall women. They were getting layups all day long. Well, the other team wasn't. No, so. the other one was all jump shooting. Back to uh, the men's. Let let's have we, we teased our our discussion. We were gonna have the the tournaments wrapped wrapped up. Yep. The uh, one shining moment is playing. Oh, I can't wait. And bring tears to my eyes the, every time it the plays. next, you know, before our next, the next college basketball season, then we'll have the NBA draft. So yeah. let, let's, let's talk about number one pick 
guys draft stock soaring after this. We talked Ju Zhang, how I think he might even move move into maybe a lottery pick, maybe a first round pick. Oh, first round for sure. I honestly think Ju Zhang will be a top five pick. No, it's, I mean it won't happen. Top five. It won't happen. Yeah, but top five. He he might he might very well come out this season as he definitely was not preparing before this tournament so yep. i mean we'll see about the scouting on that one if the scouts really buy the the tournament uh craze but in terms of top five picks you know we have the evan mobley's the cade cunningham uh we have jalen we have jalen suggs jalen green is another one who plays yep. in the nba g league jalen johnson out of duke who yeah. did who who Backed out of the year. Scotty Barnes on Florida State, yep. who is one of my favorite prospects. I hope he's in Orlando Magic uh, uniform next year. But in terms of number one pick, I think who's really solidified it is, I, I actually don't know if Cade Cunningham is, is the number one pick. I think he's the best prospect. And it really, I mean, it also depends on who who's, who's drafting. Sure, like, sure. But like, is the Pistons drafting? If the Pistons are drafting, I definitely see them going Cade Cunningham. But, mm-hmm. w- w- you know, what happens if, Minnesota. The Timberwolves get uh, get it, and then the Golden State Warriors have that number one pick because of the uh, D'Angelo Russell trade. They'd have the number one pick. Right. If they go there, they don't need a point guard. Maybe they go Jalen Suggs to be a shooting guard. You know, who or Evan Mobley get another big. Like who? Do, like who do they go? So I think right now the number one pick after this whole tournament is Jalen Suggs. I really do. I think all around player, especially like defensively, he is locked down. Did you see him block that shot? Block shot. <laughs> He had like three steals. He doesn't let people get past him. Jumps out of the building, and and he's also shown the clutch gene. Like that's obviously what you want in in a top pick. Clutch gene can shoot the three, can shoot a mid range, get to the basket. He's everything you want. Right now, he's the number one pick for me. And then Cade Cunningham is slightly behind him with Evan Mobley, probably trailing in third to both of them. Mm-hmm. But I think right now Suggs is definitely the number one pick. You know. I, I think that, that especially after after the tournament and what they just saw in that game and maybe even what they see in the championship game, if he does something incredible again, he, he is the number one pick right now. So you're giving no love to Max Asmus. You no. give it you're giving no love to Cameron Thomas. You're giving no love They'll to... all be drafted. Oh, first yeah. round picks. They're oh, they're yeah. all gonna be lottery picks, first round picks. I think another guy who's gonna be maybe a lottery Austin Reeves yep. might go in the top ten. Dude is a baller. Yep. He's not gonna go number one. He's not, he's just not the he's not the the athlete that Cunningham or, or uh, and, uh, Suggs are. And if they perform well tonight, Butler and Mitchell could be up Davion there too. Davion Mitchell's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So some good ones. I just uh, Jalen Suggs. I mean, Kate Cunningham was always everybody's choice. After last game, everyone's talking Jalen Suggs, but I don't know. I I think Juzang's gonna be up there too. I really do. You have you have Suggs as well at yeah. number one. I, I I I if he has a great game tonight, he'll be the number one pick. All right, I agree. Uh, last couple stories. The uh, we don't talk a lot of golf, and I don't like to talk a lot. I, I like I like golf, but I don't like to talk about it on the show. But I actually wanted to talk about this All one right. uh, story. I get more than a minute. Jordan Spieth. Yep. Uh, once upon a time, I think it's is it fair to say once upon a time one of the greatest golfers ever. So is that fair to say? Like he was, I remember he was number one in the world, was yep. winning all the tournaments or whatever. And then I feel like every time I come in the room, you're watching golf or whatever. We turn it on for a minute. I, I was like, his name's not on there. No, I always ask, where's Jordan Spieth? Oh, he's just, he's not playing in this one. Or, oh, he's having a bad day. That's been the thing for four years. Like, where has he been? What ha- He was, he 80, was the next Tiger Woods, I thought. He was, he was the next Tiger Woods. 
82 events without a win. One 1,300 days. 1,351 days. I mean, that's that's like unheard of stuff. Which is unbelievable in golf to then be... See, what I find amazing about golf, and you know this because you're playing now, and, you know, uh, did you like your new driver you bought? Yeah. You fantastic driver. Okay, cool. Um, so... The crazy thing about golf is these players can go get on a massive great streak, have issues, whether it's an injury or they, you know, they, they change their stroke or they just get off their game, they lose their confidence, and they'll go a while without winning, and then all of a sudden, they put it all together and win again. Like, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me mm. that you can then go after four years, put it all together, and win I mean, Tiger a, a Woods win. had like nine back surgeries and, and then came back won a Masters. Masters. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Crazy stuff. But, uh, yeah, just I, I thought that was crazy. Speaking of Masters. Considering he was, like, he was just, you know, even though I didn't watch that much golf, like, he, he was, was a guy that everyone knew. Yeah. But speaking of Masters, it's back. Five months after we just did it, yeah. back in the spring, in now the fall. Now it's back in the, it's back in the right time I'll frame. I'll watch a little bit. Oh, uh, there's With nothing. There's nothing better than Sunday afternoon watching the Masters with a nice little cocktail in go, hand. Go Bryson DeChambeau. That's Look, my guy. Listen, Bryson DeChambeau is amazing to watch. This course is not his. his it's not yeah. for him. Like he he's the big power guy at Sawgrass or Bay Hill that you know can get to the the green in in, in one or hit a five you know five hundred foot shot or whatever. Augusta is all about shot making, and you got to be a little bit more cautious. You got to be you right on this weekend. Am I playing? Yeah. The Masters? Mm -hmm. If I could play the Masters, <laughs> I would then be able to go die to, and go to heaven. <laughs> but since neither one of those hopefully are happening, uh, we're just going to watch it on TV. All right. Well, I'm, uh, hey, I'm looking forward to some golf. It's going to be great. But I think that's, unless we have anything to talk about, I think that's so, our, our stories. That did, we're gonna did, did you find it funny that Sammy Watkins wasn't re-signed by Kansas City and he signs yeah. with Baltimore? Signs with, they get a, they get a, uh, a wide receiver. That was a, that was a week ago. I know, but I'm just, we didn't get to talk about it. I yeah. mean, this is a, a team that Lamar Jackson, you know, everyone said that you don't, he doesn't have anybody to throw to except for Mark Andrews, right? But now he's got, you know, a former first-round draft pick, the, you know, Buffalo Bills number one guy, Kansas City's number one guy until they got Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. Yeah. And I'm interested to see if that changes anything with Lamar Jackson. How how about this for, for one more... Uh... How about this for one last last story? Mm -hmm. Jeff Gladney, rookie corner last year for the Vikings, mm -hmm. went to TCU. He's really good at, in college. Yeah, he turned himself in to like jail. Uh, he was uh, he was arrested, I think I think today or yesterday, on a third degree felony of family violence assault. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. I got an alert. Like a couple minutes ago, I recorded. What is wrong with these people? And we've got end the episode on all, that high note. All within four minutes, the alerts were that guy turning himself in, the uh, Carlton Davis, the corner with a racial, okay. another racial anti Asian slur, and uh, Deshaun Watson with his twenty third uh, <laughs> lawsuit against him. I mean, these players seriously need to stay at home. Stay at home. Stay at home. Don't do drugs. Right. And Paul Pierce. Here's here's a little. We're gonna we're gonna end the <laughs> show on with Paul Pierce. We're gonna end the show on Paul Pierce. Okay. Paul, I, I, much respect for bringing the strippers <laughs> to your house and and, and having a, a grand old time. But uh, probably does, shouldn't have put it, it all over social it, media. Does it need to be on social? What? Probably not. It, do people not know what to post and what not to post? No. And I how think, to keep your freaking job. I think people are really really stupid. 
I mean, the guy gets fired from ESPN today because he puts his his rampage of strippers at his house all over social media. But, but Paul Pierce is one of not few, but like he's just one of those guys that gets fired from his job, and I don't think he gives two. He probably doesn't about it because he's gonna go home back to the strippers and with his millions of dollars uh, in his bank. So, you see, they're living much different lives than us. They are, but. <laughs> Go on, get on, go, 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 do your thing, why, Paulie. Why don't we end? Why don't we just end that with those stories there? <laughs> just crazy stuff. There. Hey, and then don't forget, thir- uh, Friday morning, John Stolberg, our MLB insider, will be here to break down the entire MLB preview 2021. Don't Let's miss go. it. The uh, by the way, the I believe the Orioles are three and zero. Okay, well we'll have to talk about it because so, I don't know. Who I said the that Orioles. they were a good team. <laughs> That's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you share the podcast with your friends and your family if you enjoyed. Follow me on all socials, on especially on TikTok. I'm posting daily sports content as well as answering all your fantasy football questions. If you leave me a comment on any of my videos, I'll make a video responding to it. Uh, get me to 1,000 followers. We're almost there by football season. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at the Sports Appeal Podcast. My TikTok handle is sports appeal aj my instagram is the sports appeal podcast follow me on all those you can also listen to any other episodes of the podcast on apple Podcasts or spotify just search up the sports appeal also you can go to my homepage, anchor.fm slash aj teal to get to all the external links 